Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Playful Escape podcast, the podcast where two sisters spend their summer recording a podcast. My name is Kimberly. And my name is Cindy. And we are your hosts. Right off of the bat, I want to say that this is the episode coming out after our special guest appearance with Senor Simon, (laughs) who is Cindy's boyfriend. And I know we talked about it a little bit in episode one of season three, but now that we can talk more openly about it without any spoilers, I want to ask Cindy on her thoughts, her frustrations about recording with a special guest. I don't have any thoughts right off the bat. Not at the moment, at least. This happened a while ago when we recorded. I will say, yeah, it was frustrating because... Although we explained the limitations of sharing a microphone, those completely went out the window. So instead of having a compromise, I had to usually follow the instructions of sharing a microphone. So that was the only like frustrating thing. In that podcast, I don't know if I speak very much at all because I, I was restricted. I had to let Simon talk. Yeah, there were a couple of things or times that I wanted the conversation to be between the two of you. Like I would ask a question and you guys would bounce off of each other. But it's a little hard when you guys are sharing a microphone and knowing some of your quirks already, it kind of makes it hard to make it a full conversation. So it felt like Simon had took over the podcast in that sense so he was the co-host and you were just there like off to the side monitoring him it's not bad but it would make the podcast more entertaining if all three of us were able to chime in yeah unfortunately i feel like the the funny thing is it's like how you always joke about how you're the interviewer and i'm the interviewee Uh uh-huh so i'm the one doing a lot of the talking in this aspect Simon is very much the interviewee and this is a common theme throughout most of our conversations he has to be the one talking if he's not talking then he gets bored or he's not listening or he's not interested (laughs) yes I've seen that before where I would talk to him and he's just like looking right past me and then you'll be like she's talking to you yeah he's like oh okay (laughs) yeah he doesn't register that that he's being spoken to It happens a lot. So I think that was just very interesting about recording that episode. It was fun. I would have preferred it being a little bit more within the podcasting limitations because now I have to spend some extra time working on that episode. Yeah, because there were moments that I did want to speak or say something and I felt like I... It wasn't like, oh, a huge like value because like I we're not really talking about a whole lot of important things, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to add to the conversation and I would ultimately get cut off a lot. Yeah. So I don't even know if I have a, a complete coherent thought in the podcast for the most part. Well, the good thing is I don't have all of the questions, but I do still have some of the questions that I had asked in that podcast. So now it is Cindy's 
time to shine and chime into the conversation. Even though we don't remember all of the elements that Simon had made, there were questions that I felt Cindy needed to address as well. Yeah, and the thing is, whatever I had initially thought to answer may no longer be the case. So that this won't be like my initial thoughts anymore, probably. Yes. So right now it's a little different because it's in a more isolating situation between you and me. Mm-hmm. While at that time, maybe something Simon had said, you would have been like, oh, yeah, let me add on to it. But he mm-hmm. kept mm-hmm. continuing his train of thought, which made it harder for you to elaborate on. Yeah. So I'm obviously going to change up some of the questions because I had asked, I think the very first question I had asked Simon or one of the first questions is, what do you remember about the start of your relationship? And that one took a little while to get the conversation going, which is normal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think the question was, how do you catch a Cindy? (laughs) Is that what ended up happening? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, so what you're asking me (laughs) is this? And he said, how do you catch a Cindy? Okay. Uh, I don't so, um, <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> that, but okay, <laughs> okay. So, so you want my opinion on how you catch me? <laughs> yeah, sure. And I guess the reverse would be how do you catch a Simon? Oh, okay. So let's first start with you. <laughs> how do you catch a Cindy? In your opinion, how do you catch a Cindy? Well, to catch me in particular, I I don't think it was very difficult to be honest it's not like oh it's just like so easy to like catch me it's just if you show an interest I don't know what it is about me but I feel like I tend to be like really open about that type of thing so if I find out that somebody likes me unless there's like a clear thing that like I clearly do not like this person there is then less likely of a chance I would give them a chance But for the most part, whenever I would find out that somebody liked me, I kind of got to the root of why they liked me and realized, oh, you just kind of want to be friends. You don't really want anything with me, to be honest. So I've had people like disclose their feelings to me and ultimately we just became friends or maybe we gave dating an opportunity, but it just didn't work out. So it was just kind of like... If they're open and they talk to me, it was kind of like, okay, well, let's see what this is. But it never really would be anything, obviously, if it didn't work out with any of them. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's particularly difficult. I would say maybe now it would be. It would be really difficult, especially considering that I am in a relationship. But like if I were not, I don't know how particularly picky I am. But I I do think I would be picky. And it's kind of hard to even say the type of person I would even be looking for, you know? In those aspects, I understand when I, like, question you these things. Like, I was like, what are you looking for? It can be difficult. Yeah. So let's see. I think, I, I don't necessarily want somebody that's educated, but I do need somebody that can carry a conversation, like you said. Mm-hmm. I need somebody interesting. What do you mean by interesting? Like, you have to be able to talk about something. So that you have to have, like, passions. Okay. Yeah. Because if you don't, what like, what are your conversations? Because what I typically find are my conversations with Simon are things that he's very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Which I also know a lot of people don't care. They don't, like, they hear and it goes in one ear and out the other. And he doesn't really. That's real- me all the time. Yeah, but he doesn't like fully register that. 
because he's so into talking. Yeah. And I think um, we have one particular cousin who's my age and uh, a female that she's always like, all the time he like starts talking about cars and stuff, she's, she's kind of like, no idea. <laughs> she's like, okay, I have no idea. But there are a lot of guys in our family who are very into cars. Mm-hmm. So he gets along fine with people. It's just this, just, he's very book smart about cars while they're hands-on smart about cars. So that's kind of where like it varies. I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, Simon's a mechanic, so he's, you know, he knows how to do the hands-on stuff, but he's actually book smart as well, which is something that many people may not fully know. So yeah, how, how to catch me is not very difficult, to be honest. It may be more difficult now. I just need somebody that's willing to put the time into it, really, to be honest. Somebody that actually cares. I don't know. I guess that's how I would start. But I can't give you a breakdown or a rule book of like what you should and shouldn't be doing. That That's just going to come with time. That is such an interesting idea. Like a rule book on dating Cindy or a rule book on dating people. No, I could definitely give you a rule book that I would address towards Simon for him dating me. Like of things that he should and shouldn't do or should or shouldn't know. Uh-huh. But it, it's like there's no point at this point. Like we, we know each other pretty well that if we're in the same room or area, we generally know how each other are already feeling without communicating. And this is something that surprisingly can be difficult to realize that you actually know. Mm-hmm. Because I can know Simon's not in a good mood without saying or doing anything. But I also know I shouldn't ask him about it because he doesn't like repeating himself, nor does he really like to talk about his feelings. So all I can do is help him ignore the way he's feeling or get over that bridge. And then later, eventually, he may tell me what was wrong with him. Hmm. And he, if I'm upset or bothered, he tries to ask me about it. But I don't usually like sharing things if I'm feeling that way at the moment, if it's like upsetting, for example. But after it passes for me i'm done like i'm it's fine it's over with but then sometimes he's like well that one time you were mad and you didn't tell me anything i was like well it had nothing to do with you but i got over it you know so it it can vary and then how to catch a simon persistentness (laughs) (laughs) um i don't really know that's kind of difficult i would say similar to me it was probably easier when i caught him how, how to catch him than it would be now because I know Simon now and he's very judgmental and very opinionated. And I don't mean to make that sound bad. I, I mean that in like the most genuine way. Like he's constantly telling me how he hates stupid people. <laughs> and I always tell him, I was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you hate stupid people? And, and he's like, no, like, like basically kind of what we discussed, like, I need a smart person, somebody that can carry a conversation, somebody that has something interesting to say. And I guess he's the same way because constantly if, if like we bring up, it's like, oh, what if we weren't in each other's lives, for example, he would then say, it's like, well, I don't know if I would have a girlfriend because I, I hate stupid people. And I actually just recently asked him this. I was like, what kind of girl are you into? Like, if you were not with me, what type of woman would you look for? And he told me he doesn't like girly girls. He's like, I, I don't I don't like them because I don't want to say they're high maintenance. I don't think that's what he was trying to get at. It's just they're so focused on sometimes exterior 
or mm. their interests are just too opposite that it just doesn't work and he was telling me he's like i think i'm interested in like tomboy type women and i was like okay i was like that's interesting because when i was thinking about it i used to consider myself a tomboy all the way up till like the beginning of high school because i kind of was I used to hang out a lot with a family member who was my age and of the opposite sex, but we always did what he liked, his interests. So if you wanted to play basketball, I would play basketball. If you wanted to play video games, I would play video games. I wasn't really like, oh, no, I want to play with dolls. I want to do this. Like, I wasn't like that. I just played and did whatever, whatever he wanted to. And I will say this. You do have family members on both sides like mom and dad's side of the family that you have relatives exactly your age just mm -hmm. a couple months off mm -hmm. and they were all mostly guys with the exception of one mm -hmm. so it's easy for you to be kind of outnumbered as far as like what to do because there were more males yeah and to be honest it's not like i really minded either way because don't get me wrong, when we were younger, we liked those types of things. Like we liked getting dolls and every year for Christmas, I, I, I don't know if I've said this, I used to ask for babies. And it's kind of funny because although that's a side of me that's like always been present, it's not like a very feminine thing. It's just kind of an interest I like or an interest that I liked. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love babies to this day, but I'm not going to ask for one for Christmas. <laughs> sure, sure. But yeah, I don't know. It's just for me, I think my interests like coincide with less feminine things. Like, I don't know if I told you this or if it was Simon that I was telling. I actually told a friend that I, I would love to go to like a wood shop type class or like woodworking class and stuff like that, just because that's a personal interest I would like to look into. And then as well as that, like I, I've just, I've never had that thing where it was just like, oh, don't get me wrong. I, I can be feminine. Like I paint my nails. I like to take care of my hair or skin or whatever. But for the most part, I like, I don't wear makeup. I, I really don't. It's kind of funny because the other day, the same day that I asked Simon what type of woman he was into, the reason it came up was because I had taken a shower and then shortly after he had picked me up. And after I take a shower, I like to put on lotion or whatever. So I was putting on lotion on my hands and then on my face. And then after I did that, I wanted chapstick. And then after I did that, I was like, you know what? I don't have anything better to do. It's like, let me curl my eyelashes and put on mascara. I, I actually carry that with me. If that wasn't clear, clearly, obviously I do. Uh, I carry everything with me. So <laughs> in case, just, to, just to make that clear. So I curled my eyelashes and I was putting on mascara and then he was like, what are you doing over there? It's like, you just keep, I just keep hearing like little noises, like the the <laughs> lotion, the chapstick, and then the like mascara, like whenever you're like inserting or taking off, like you hear little like snaps and little squishes and stuff like that. Yeah. And he was like, what are you doing over there? I was like, I was like, I'm not doing anything really. And he was like, well, what are you, what's taking you so long? I was like, you know what? I was like, you should be with somebody else and then have the audacity to tell me, he's like, what are you doing over there? You're taking so long. I took, what, less than five minutes to put on lotion, chapstick, and mascara, and you're over here complaining? It's like, what do you keep doing to yourself? I was like, what? <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's like I'm the total opposite of most people. That's the extent of what I do to my face for the most part. Just lotion, mm-hmm. chapstick, maybe lipstick occasionally, but it's the same thing. And then mascara. That's the extent of what I do. And I don't know. I find it funny because I think I had mentioned this with one of my pen pals. Mm-hmm. Where they mentioned something about their significant other taking forever to get ready. Mm-hmm. At least an hour to shower and get dressed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I find that so interesting because I've been with people who also take forever to get ready. But it doesn't look like they did anything at all. So it's like, it's not like you're putting on lotion. It's not like you're shaving. You still have your whole beard and facial hair, whatever. Your hair doesn't look like you combed it. What is taking forever? And the shower was only on for five minutes. So what? It's just bizarre to me. But moving on. No, I think that's an interesting point. I Like, I always complain about how Simon takes very long to get ready. So if Simon and I were to have a competition to see who could get ready the fastest, he might win, to be honest, if he knew it was a competition. But if I didn't tell him, hey, I'm going to race you, let's get ready at the same time, and he had no idea, I would win. And the reason for that is because of his short attention span. He would, before getting in the shower, he would probably go and be like, let me make a snack, then I'll take a shower. Let me go to the restroom, then I'll take a shower. Let me talk to my parents and let them know after I get out of the shower, I'm going to go to Cindy's house. And he just ultimately gets distracted. Mm -hmm. And if that were me and I knew that this was going to happen, I probably would also like just focus on my shower and getting ready. But even when I'm not doing that, I still have like my distractions as well. But I don't feel like my distractions take as long as his. I don't go to announce to everybody, hey, I'm going to go take a shower. Do you want to talk to me before I go take a shower? That just happens to happen occasionally where I'm like, oh, I'm going to go take a shower. It's like, wait, before you go, help me with this email. Help me with printing this item. And then I get stuck just taking a little bit longer. Or somebody's like, wait, let me brush my teeth. Wait, let me use the restroom. So that occasionally happens. But the time that I actually spent in the shower, taking a shower, getting dressed or getting myself ready in any way, shape or form I think takes me less time than it does Simon. Okay. Yeah. But like I said, lotion, chapstick, mascara, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. So to catch a Simon is to be a tomboy. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Not be a girly girl Mm-mm. and be persistent enough to talk to him and to gain his interest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think one of the questions I had asked him was what was his impression of us, like first impression. And he kind of said, like, you know, regular people, nothing, no judgments, no nothing. Yeah, the only first impression he really had was Johnny and how tall he was. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it's something everyone points out. It's like, oh, shit, this person's tall. But he's yeah. our little brother. Yeah. Yeah, no, but even for his age, because both Simon met him like eight years ago. And what, he's like 21 now, 22 now, right? Oh, well, yeah, he's in his early 20s. So, like, eight years ago, he would have been, like, 10, 11, 12, early preteen ages. Mm-hmm. or pre- Yeah, like, preteen-y. And, yeah, he was tall for his age. He was always tall for his age, regardless of what age he was. Yes, that is true. But 
can you imagine just like some kind of 18 year old walking into a household and meeting a very young Johnny who's still taller than he is? That, that's like crazy when you it's think about scary. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Simon's not short. He's about average height, I feel like. Maybe a little bit taller, but he's not anything above six feet. And when Johnny was little, he wasn't above six feet either. So, but he was taller than Simon. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of, it, it makes an impression. That's all. Yeah. Oh, there was a comment or questions like, how do you know when Cindy's hungry and how do you decide what to eat? And Simon went into this whole conversation. But from your opinion, what are the steps that Simon has to go through to find out that you're hungry? Besides the fact that you tell him that you're hungry, because I think he had mentioned you as the walking little troll. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Yes, that's how he describes me. So... What he usually does, the first thing he ever does is whenever I see him, he asks me, are you hungry? That's the first thing he does, which is kind of nice when you think about it, like that he's actually asking, he's like, okay, do we have to eat now or do we have time? Can we eat later? So the first thing he does is he asks me, are you hungry? Uh, and I usually have to answer honestly. He's like, oh, no, I just ate or, oh, I ate a little while ago, so I'm not hung- really hungry right now, but I will be later. Or I'm starving. You have to feed me right now. <laughs> So those are like the three answers that he could get. So that's the first thing he does. Usually asks me if I'm hungry. And that's something he does constantly. So if for whatever reason, while while I'm in school, I'm usually inside on the computer doing homework assignments. And if he doesn't want to be inside playing his video games, he would go outside and work on his car. So if he were outside for a good couple hours working on his car, he would come back inside to grab something and then he'd think, okay, wait a second, let me ask her if she's hungry. And he'd be like, hey, are you hungry? And I would be like, oh yeah, I'm getting hungry. And he would say, okay, I'm almost done. Get ready, think about what you want to eat and we'll go get food after. Mm -hmm. So he's constantly asking me if I'm hungry. But obviously sometimes he doesn't even have to ask me. I just tell him I'm hungry. Yeah. So yes, he asks me if I'm hungry. A clear way that he knows that I am hungry is I've told him I'm hungry, but I have no idea what I want to eat. So he's just kind of waiting for me to make a decision. But if I start getting hangry, if you will, like my attitude changes, he knows he's like, oh, you're hungry. He's like, I know you're hungry. And I'm like, if I'm hungry, I will be like, yeah, I'm hungry. I've been waiting for you to feed me or whatever. Yeah. But if I don't realize that I'm hungry, I just, you know, I'm busy doing something preoccupied and I just happen to be in a bad mood. He doesn't tell me, oh, you're hungry. He usually is like, okay, we're going to go eat. And then he feeds me and I get like in a better mood. And he's like, I knew you were hungry. I was like, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> but he did. So he kind of just already knows that I get into particular moods, if you will. Mm-hmm. And he usually just constantly asks me if I'm hungry. That's how he just knows to feed me. But to be honest, I think if you f- just feed anybody constantly, they won't be hungry. They won't get hangry. And you just know, you know, three meals a day, ideally. But yeah, for the most part, he just usually does those things to find out that I'm hungry. I think that was the end of the kind of questions that I had. Some of them were more specific to Simon, such as like, what was his dream car or dream build of a car? And he lost me there. (laughs) Yeah, no, he gets really into it. And I think the question that I had asked him is like, what is the surprising thing about you and me? Mm -hmm. And I guess he had mentioned the bond, but I get. 
I think the question that I would ask is like, what is the most surprising thing about Simon and his siblings? That's kind of hard to say because I feel like I haven't seen them together in a long time. Mm -hmm. And usually when they are, it's like very surface level together because it's usually like at events or birthday parties or whatever. I will say with one of his siblings, his relationship is purely that, like a sibling rivalry. It's like where you love each other, yes, obviously you have to, but you're always picking on each other. You're always teasing each other. You're always throwing each other under the bus. And that's like one of his relationships with one of his siblings. And the next relationship is more like a guardian, if you will, because there's such a large age gap it's just kind of always felt like I can't get close to you as a sibling because you're so much older than me and you've always tried to look after me that it just it's kind of like that that bond is still a little bit distant Mm. I wouldn't say those are interesting things but that's those those are just things that I've noticed yeah and they've always been the same it's never really changed the I guess the interesting thing that I will say is the fact that his family, all of his family, I feel like, still considers him to be very young. Okay. So I feel like at times they may not register him to be as mature or as responsible as he is. Don't get me wrong. He makes poor decisions at times. He's still learning. But I feel like that judgment usually comes very quickly. Oh, yeah. Whereas I feel like if we make mistakes, we get scolded, yeah, but we don't like get looked down upon. It's just like you have to learn from this. You have to get through it. You already made the mistake, but you have to learn from it. Don't do it again. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, in his case, I feel like it's usually not just the scolding probably. It's just constantly like, oh, wow, such disappointment. You know, it like it feels like automatically instantly it feels like they have already just had that disappointment so that that that's just like a different thing it's not necessarily surprising it's just not what i'm used to mm-hmm. like from our family for example so it's just it's just a different dynamic that's interesting so i guess the surprising thing overall i've seen with simon's siblings and his relationship is the fact that they're not as close as they could be or it's that they're not close, period. Yeah. Because they're not close, it's difficult for me to see that they could get along or that they just don't get along or anything like that. It's just difficult because they've all grown up and spread their wings and left the home. But in some cases, and this is kind of going into a different conversation because I already ran out of questions. But in some mm-hmm. cases, the sibling dynamic is always different. One of the things that we needed to take into consideration is our parents' dynamic with their siblings. Dad is the youngest of nine, technically 10, and mom is the middle of five and possibly more. And in that kind of situation, the dynamic is very different for both parents dad being the baby is treated like a one way but right now his siblings see him as an adult they don't see him as a baby because he was raised by them yeah i i get your point but i also wouldn't say like for example looking at the other side of our family there are you know younger siblings that you will still always consider the baby but I think actions speak louder than words. So 
dad has done really well for himself. So it's hard for us to say, like, why would he technically be considered a child? He's raised a family. He's taking care of his mother, all in the same household. He's worked hard to get to where he is. And that, I think that's always been the case. He's always been working hard to make a living. But then we have mom's sibling relationship, which is a little differently. She was raised on her own, away from her family and her siblings. And the relationship that she has there, probably growing up, wasn't very close to the way you, Johnny, and I are. But right now, it seems like it's better. But of course, we don't have all of those details. So it's very complicated. Yeah. So just like analyzing the sibling dynamic, I think you're right. Depending on how people are raised, it kind of determines how their sibling dynamics are. Like you said, our mom didn't live with all her siblings growing up. By the time she was living with them, it was for such a short amount of time that I don't think they really built on a bond of sibling relationships mm-hmm. until later on. But for us, I don't think it was even difficult. Like we didn't even have to think about a sibling bond because it was just always there because we're always together. So I, I agree. It's like different. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's kind of the situation for Simon and his siblings where the way he was raised to maybe not play with his siblings because he's a boy. I think you brought that up one time. I did. I have no idea if it's in a podcast episode, but I have brought it up. Yes. Yeah. So in that situation, the gender ended up being the thing that kind of separated the sibling bond for Simon. For us... There is no gender break. Johnny played with dolls with you growing up. You guys pretended to be a supermarket or whatever, but then you would play the toys that Johnny wanted to play with growing up as well. So you can tell the difference in the sibling dynamic between us, our sibling dynamic, and Simon's. Even though it's the same as far as two girls and a boy, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. only biggest difference is the age gaps there. While Johnny and I still have an age gap, Simon and his oldest sibling age gap is bigger than that. Yeah, his middle sister has like a, an age gap similar to you and I. Maybe a little bit bigger because she's older than I am. And Simon is like a year, six to, yeah, six months older than you. But there's but still, it's still a bit of an it's age like, gap. It's about the same for the most part. I think it's really interesting how you had some stuff to chime in as far as questions that simon answered in the last episode Mm -hmm. i don't know if i answered them very well but uh (laughs) uh-huh i mean it's fine again simon had answered most of those questions and now it's your time to respond and i do want to have a follow-up podcast but with three mics three separate spaces to record so that way it will be a little bit easier I don't know how or when we'd be able to do that. (laughs) I I don't either, but we will figure it out. (laughs) For right now, I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Unless you have anything you want to add. I don't really have anything. Alrighty, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Playful Escape Podcast. 
make sure you all follow us on our social media handles. Our username is at a playful escape on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Patreon, Discord, Reddit. I think those are all the social media handles. Send us an email if you have any questions for Simon so we can bring him back. We would love those questions. Our email is aplayfoscape at gmail.com. And if you have any other questions or ideas of what we should talk about for our podcast episodes in the future, we have some big plans for the summer. I'm so excited to work on these plans with Cindy since we have time. And until next time, bye. Bye.